Well, good morning, friends. It's Kelly S. from Oklahoma. I am your moderator, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. So um, today is Thursday, June 6, 2019. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 31, first paragraph. It says, despite all we can say, and we'll just be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. Today's readers for the 12 Steps, Nina L, 12 Traditions, Robin V, readers of the text, Terry A.H., Liz V, and Vinny T. Our newcomer greeter today will be Naomi B, second hour host, Sandy W. The reference numbers for Wednesday, six, uh, June 5th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 12996, 12996, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 13001. 13001. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Panina L. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Panina. Press star one. Hi, sorry about that. I was talking to myself. (laughs) Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. This is Penina L., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Florida. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitting it, admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you so much. I will now ask Robin V. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Robin. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. 
the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, this is Robin V. Recovered in Massachusetts. <laughs> One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For our group, two, for our group purpose, there is both. Robin, we lost you. Press star one, Robin. Well, uh, Vinny, T, do you have the 12 traditions? Can I be heard? I can hear you. You can uh, be heard. Thank you. All right, thank this, you. This is Janice TM if you need somebody. This this is Vinnie T. Um okay. let's see, twelve traditions. Okay. I'm sorry, you must have finished already. No, who is this? Is this Robin? It's it's Robin V. No, we lost you. Go ahead, please. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna start with number two. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group sought to be, ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Thank you so much, Robin V. And thank you for everybody willing to step up there. So how our meeting works. Uh, Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers readers is six months. There's no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then 
be sure to press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And we ask you not to use speaker phones because they do a lot of feedback. So today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 31. We're on the very first paragraph. Despite all we can say, we'll be reading and commenting on just that one paragraph. So Terry A.H. will get us started. Hey, Terry. Good morning, Vision View. My name is Terry A.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe that they were in that class. By every form of self-deception and experimentation, they will try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule, therefore non-alcoholic. If anyone who is shown the inability to control his drinking can do the right about face and drink like a gentleman, our hats are off to him. Heaven knows we have tried hard enough and long enough to drink like other people. And so I want to just, uh, I, I just want to focus in on, um, despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to be, believe that they're in this class. And um, for me, um, the, the self-deception and the experimentation, um, it took me a, a long time to get here. And, and why, why do I put myself in that class? You know, why, I had to ask myself why it took, took me so long to believe I was in that class. And, and for me, that self-deception was that I, the lie that I kept telling myself was that I can eat the way that I want to eat without any consequences. And so, um, you know, the book is going to really help smash home any ideas that I have because it's, it's the mind, it's my mind. And, you know, I have a mind that, that cannot connect the dots. And I have a mind that will tell me that, um, uh, it'll tell me the lie and then I'll believe the lie and then the lie will become my truth. And I really had to get honest with myself and open to, to be, you know, receive all the information that was given up to this point in the book on the severity of my problem that I encounter physically and mentally. And, um, I have to see, and I had to see that my physical allergy, which sets up my powerlessness and my mental obsession that keeps that powerlessness going, which in turn sets up the insanity. And that's what this, uh, this chapter is all about. It's, you know, I have to see the insanity. It's, it's not the craziest things that I did while I was eating, you know, the book is going to help me see the craziest and the most insane thing that I did was when I was cold stone abstinent and then I picked up again. So that's why I'd love to call this, this chapter more about alcoholism to more about relapse. And because I have to see that I lose power choice and control and um, I lose power of choice of not eating. I lose control over myself, whether or not I'll compulsively overeat again. And for me, if I could choose just uh, not to not to pick up, then I just don't. I don't need a spiritual solution. If I don't need a spiritual solution, then I don't need the twelve steps. And if I don't need the twelve steps, I don't. I don't need to be here. So, the one statement that sums up my truth about my disease is that I am like other people, or presently be presently has to be smashed. And I have to ask myself, who in their right mind would continue to binge or compulsively overeat? knowing the awful consequences. So I get to see where I live in this delusion that someday I'll be able to eat and uh, control my eating. So the book is really going to help me smash home any ideas I can do the right about face and eat like a lady. And, um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Terry A.H., for getting us started. So if you have not shared in the last couple of days and would like to share on this paragraph, I'd like your first name and last initial. 
Nancy T. Nancy. Fan M. Fan M. Marcella M. Marcella M. Amy G. Amy G. Carmella G. Carmella G. Ray G. Wait, there's two there. Is it March? Roz. Roz, sorry. Roz G. Lane C. Lane C. Well, we're going to stop there. Okay. So here's your Well, we'll get you next round. Okay, let's see. we got Nancy T., Fan M., Marcella M., Amy G., Carmela G., Roz G., and I think it was Lane C. So if everybody can make sure they're muted again, star one, and we'll get started uh, with Nancy. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service this morning. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. Up bright and early this morning. I didn't want to miss y'all. Um, so the first line, despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics. So this is talking to the real McCoy here, not the hard eater or the moderate eater. And because I think the hard eaters and the moderate eaters don't spend a good portion of the time trying to prove themselves exceptions to the rule. And I have that part. I have the first half of the paragraph is highlighted, but that line is underlined as well. Try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule. I'm sorry to say that was my story for so many years, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, you know, because I, you know, I didn't concede to my innermost selves who and what I really was, which is a real alcoholic, a real compulsive reader. If I put my trigger substances and foods in my mouth, I am in a binge. Hands down, happens every single time. Each one gets worse. This book describes me to a T, but yet I still would go, well, maybe a little diet soda wouldn't hurt. You know, I did okay before with that and still lost weight because my focus then was weight. Um, the reason I really wanted to share on this paragraph is because if you are out there and you are doing that in and out, in and out, in and out game, I want you to know you don't have to do it anymore. You don't have to keep doing it that way. Grab somebody who will take you through this book, the instructions, one step at a time, exactly as written in the book. And if you surrender completely to the process and put down the food, you will have a spiritual experience. And you won't want to keep playing that in and out game anymore. That's what happened for me. And if it can happen for me, I know it can happen for you too. Surrender and do the work, and you can be free from that. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Nancy T. So next up we have Fan M followed by Marcella. Good morning, Fan. Hi. Actually, it's Fran. Fran, if I... Fran, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about okay. that. I like, I like the name Pam, too. Um, um, this is Fran M. from New Jersey. Um, I have been in program since, oh, my God, before most of you were born, 1978, I came in and it saved my life. Um, my experience is different from a lot of people on the line. The tools helped me phenomenally. I just had such a... My brain was so mapped to starving and binging that I really needed, like, 
a very specific food plan and hand-holding and back-to-back phone calls and constant meetings to get myself out of it. And I loved the big book. I read it one night completely and realized I was hardcore like the alcoholic. I wasn't just a dieter. I knew that because my life was ruined by compulsive eating and starving and anorexia and binging from the time I was 14 and a half on. But I do have to say the tools really helped me, as did the steps, but the tools came first because I really didn't know how to eat. And today... Um, I'm in a different place. Um, I do not have an alcoholic substance per se. I eat anything. There are times when eating a cookie is the better choice for me, and there are times when eating a cookie is not the good choice for me, and that goes for almost any food. My abstinence has really changed over the years, and um, I do not have an allergy to any specific food, although when I first started out like a hardcore alcoholic, it was analogous to alcohol. I couldn't touch certain substances, but over the years I learned to, along with lots and lots of people I know who have 20 and 30 years of abstinence, um, I may look like a normal eater, but I never will be, and I'll always know that. Um, I always have to keep myself properly humble, that I will look to escape via anything having to do with calories in, calories out, anything I put in my mouth, or any activity that gets my endorphins going. Sometimes even a good mood can trigger me into a state of being where I disconnect from my higher power. But again, I have to say, over the 40 years that I've been in program, it really has changed. But I have never gone back to the huge binges and massive weight losses that I did before I came into program. And I'm grateful to this beautiful program. Nothing ever helped me as much. No therapy, no nutritionist. It was all away. But it wasn't just the steps. It was also the tools. And it was just a lot of years of just uh, walking the walk, talking the talk, and going through life experiences. So I'm really grateful to be here. I'm a hardcore alcoholic, though you probably wouldn't be able to tell by looking. But um, I know it I'll always know it and it's the one thing that keeps me connected to behaving in a way that is better than what I would choose for myself thanks for letting me share thank you Fran M please remember to let's keep our shares on the paragraph that was just read on page 31 Um, next up is Marcella M followed by Amy G good morning Marcella good morning Marcella M recovered in Boston um, I also joined OA in um, 1975, or I thought I did, and um, I wanted it so badly to just be about moderation, and in fact, my first year was about moderation, you know, just imitating a normal person, and I lost a lot of weight, and everybody thought that I was like a big success in OA, and until I couldn't, until I couldn't, I just couldn't, I lost control, then I wanted so badly to just be about the ingredients, right? I did um, no sugar, no flour for decades, and I wanted it so badly. And then I realized that it was also the amount of food, so it was volume, it was quantity, and, and then it was also frequency. And then I wanted it so badly to be just about the food plan. And I did, you know, the food plan thing for many years also until I came into a vision for you and I said, oh, it's just, it's everything, it's everything. The first half of the first step, you know, the physical allergy, the unmanaged, the the, um, powerless over food, that's just the very, very, very beginning. That's just the title of the soap opera, right? 
Then it comes everything else, which is the low, the big thing, the spiritual part, the the the, the moral psychology that I need to 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 remain abstinent one day at a time. And and now it's been I've been entirely abstinent. The way that um, I learned it in a vision for you. I just came back from Mexico City from having a big book weekend. Um, you'll be very proud to know that everything that you say has repercussions all over the world, at least in Spanish. We are um, 1,200 people in Una Visión Para Ti, and, and these messages translatable, and what we learn is that we have a physical allergy, a physical allergy and an obsession of the mind. The physical allergy is the first, the first half of the first step, the physical allergy. I'm violently allergic to certain ingredients, quantity, amount of food, and frequency. And biology, not in the immunological um, notion, but like a, a, a very abnormal and peculiar reaction to certain ingredients and certain amount of food and certain frequency. And the rest is just the rest of the steps. And everybody implements them in a slightly different way and flavor, but, but the result is a spiritual awakening that results in, in serenity, peace, and service. Thank you so much. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Marcella M. Next up, Amy G., followed by Carmela G. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. Um, they will try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule, therefore non-alcoholic. So like everyone has been sharing, we're talking about here the, the mental obsession. What differentiates me from uh, a hard eater? And it's that queer mental twist twist in my mind, that mental obsession where I have warped my mind with such an obsession for destructive eating that my thinking is completely screwed up. I've read before where it says about the physical allergy and the mental obsession that my body can't tolerate it and my mind can't leave it alone. And that's why I constantly try to prove myself exception to the rule by trying to control my eating. We were talking about step one here. Admitted that we were powerless, that our lives were unmanageable. I, you know, I'm powerless over the food, but what is the true problem? What is the true nature of my problem? And as so many have said, it's a spiritual malady. I had a hole in my soul that I tried to fill with a knife and a fork or any kind of chemical release. So what was the true nature of my problem? Because if I don't know what the true nature of my problem is, I'm not going to get the correct solution. And it constantly was reinforced to me that the true nature of my problem, although the consequences of my compulsive overeating were horrific and terrible, the true problem was me. My compulsive overeating was my answer to me and what was going on with me, my spiritual malady, my self-reliance, my self-control, my emotional immaturity, my ability to not handle life on life terms. You know, the second part of step one is that our life is, our lives were unmanageable. I used to always think of that as being unmanageable because of my compulsive overeating, but that was not the true nature of my problem. My true nature of my problem was me. I mean, step one only has the word mentioned food in it. All the other steps don't have that mentioned in it. It's because I need a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. Because of that mental obsession, you know, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, that never changes. I need to find out how to change within me so that the food and the mental obsession doesn't come calling. Does the food need to be put down? Absolutely. 
because of the allergy, and that also never changes. I'm never going to go back to being able to handle those foods. But the reality of what needs to happen for me personality-wise, spiritually-wise, is what the true nature of my problem was and is today and is maintained through step 10 through 12. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Amy G. Next up, Carmela G, followed by Roz G. Good morning, Carmela. Good morning. Thank you so much all for being on the line and for your service, Kelly. This is Carmela G, a grateful compulsive overeater recovered for today. Thank you, God. Um, we have tried hard and long enough to drink, and for me it was to eat like other people. I lived six decades trying to prove I could eat like a normal person. And all I did was get bigger and bigger, and the obsession got worse every single day. And I absolutely refused to admit that food, I even wrote this in a journal that I was keeping because I was doing all the self-help things. Uh, I could handle it, and I wrote, food will not win over Carmela. Carmela can beat the food. Well, thank God he interceded because today, after hearing a message on another day that I said, oh, I'll eat my abstinent food tomorrow, I'm going to have normal food today because I'm enjoying all these people around me. It was a beautiful day. The sun was shining. It was July, and I was having a glorious day, and I was going to postpone one more day. And the voice in my head said, no more. So the spiritual experience is what brought me to these rooms brought me to these rooms to realize that I am truly a compulsive overeater. And today I understand what it means to be a grateful compulsive overeater because food has never done what this program has done for me in my life and the joy and the gifts that I receive because I admitted I was powerless and insane, and I accepted the care of a higher power. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. I pass. Thank you, Carmela G. Next up, Roz G, followed by Lane C. Good morning, Roz. Good morning. My name is Roz G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and there are a lot of OGs on the meeting this morning. And um, I'd like to say, start out my share by saying what I believe determines how I behave. What I believe determines how I behave. And I spent years in Overeaters Anonymous not believing that I am in your class. I never reached 200 pounds, so... I'm not like you. I had a baby. I was overweight. 
I asked a friend, you know, if this, you know, if there was an Overeaters Anonymous, like Alcoholics Anonymous, maybe I can lose some weight. And I sat my butt in a meeting, and I liked what everybody had to say. I felt as though I was understood, and, you know, came to the meetings. I did not believe that I was in this class, and so I tried all the, you know, and the, the, the part of the book that says the progression is worse, I was experiencing, although I did not understand that, <clears throat> because I didn't read the book. I just did the tools, or I went to the meeting, and none of that worked. I didn't even know that, I, that I was, um, didn't believe it. I did enjoy the fellowship. I did enjoy, you know, getting being understood, but I did not know that I was a real compulsive overeater. I I had to go through all the pain. I didn't do exactly what the book said. Now, over the years, as you know, as I started getting into the book, I I did some of the things, but I did not do exactly what the book says. I have to do exactly what the book says. I have to get up in the morning and ask God to direct my thinking first thing in the morning. And then I have to pray all day long. I have to, I get to, I don't even need to say I have to. I get to pray all day long. I get to do 10 steps. I get to uh, do my nightly review. I get to have a sponsor. I get to have a food plan. And I also wanted to say that one of my forms of experimentation was to try eating dessert only on weekends, only on Friday night. And did that work? No, maybe one or two weekends. But I just thought that I just whenever I think about that, it's so funny. And I didn't do a food plan. I thought, oh, I don't need a food plan. I'll just kind of make up in my head what I can eat. No, that didn't work either. All right, and I hear you calling time, so just to say that how I believe, how I behave determines how I believe. Thank you very much. Thank you, Raj G. Uh, next up is Lane C, and then we'll be opening it up again for shares. Good morning, Lane. Well, good morning. Good morning, and thank you so much, Kelly, for your service today. Um, and thanks to all my fellows who have shared. This is uh, Lane C, a recovered compulsive overeater in Rochester, New York. Um, I just felt really uh, compelled to share this morning uh, because this paragraph <clears throat> pardon me, really speaks to me in my most recent uh, relapse. Um, and, um, you know, despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe they are in that class. And I have to say, when I first came into this program, there was certainly this mindset that somehow I was going to figure this out. This, um, this uh, defective character of superiority, that somehow when I came in here, I didn't have the same problem that the rest of you all had, that I was going to figure this one out, that I wasn't as bad as, as uh, some other folks who I was hearing on the line and folks who I was hearing in the rooms in my face-to-face meeting. Um, and and um, in my most recent walk through the steps, my sponsor and I really focused on this chapter in particular, and I have to say there is so much spiritual depth in more about alcoholism and it is it really gets to the crux of you know for me um i wanted to prove myself an exception to the rule and therefore non-alcoholic which um i i know some folks attribute this chapter to step one i also think a part of it is step two right this is the this is the insanity 
this is the insanity that I live in that I need that I need a higher power to restore me out you know out from back to sanity um, because the insanity for me was constantly believing that I was somehow an exception to the rule even though um, my life and my actions and my my words approved completely you know the opposite and so um, and you know I I certainly tried hard enough and long enough to eat like other people and really you know sort of looked at other folks in envy and spent a lot of time in that mindset and and as has been shared on this on this meeting this particular meeting before you know please don't stay there as long as I did um, or else do if you if that's really what you need to do if you have to do some more experimenting and some more <clears throat> I mean um, getting desperate enough and willing enough go for it. Um, but it's so hard. It's so hard to be in that state. And so um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lane C., for your share. So if you're just now joining us, we are on page 31. We're on the first paragraph, despite all we can say, we just read and commenting on that one paragraph. So if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, give me your first name and last initial. Tina S. Tina. Mary Kay. Larry. Crystal P. Wait. Kim J. Kim. I missed somebody named Crystal, maybe. Crystal P. Crystal P. Okay. Margo P. Mar Margo. P. Margo. M. Did you get Craig? Oh, Craig. Okay, we're going to have to stop right there. Edimi, um, I heard you, but I'm not sure if we'll have time for you. Let's see. So here's who I have. Tina S., Larry K., Kim G., Crystal P., Margot P., Jason K., Craig F. So if everybody can make sure they're muted, star one. Um, all right, well, let's get started with Tina S. Tina, are you there for star one? It sounds like somebody's not muted that's not Tina. Sorry, Kelly, I am. There you go. <laughs> Sorry about Thank that. You, Tina. Uh, Tina has recovered compulsive eating anorexic in Florida. Thanks so much, Kelly. Wow, what a great meeting, you know, and I loved all the shares. You know, one of the things for me personally that I had to truly believe when I uh, started really doing the deal that I, that I fit in these categories. And I love what was just shared. If I want exactly what these people got in this book, that I had to do exactly what they did. And, um, you know, and I, I have uh, been here and done, not done that, and I didn't get exactly what they got. You know, and today through, through exploring and all that other kind of stuff over the years, you know, I have to truly concede to my innermost self that I am an alcoholic, a compulsive eater, that, you know, I have the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. Once I put one of my trigger foods in my body, I'm off to the races. And, uh, you know, so I have to really, really be all in for that. And, and I had to put the food down. And over the years, it ha stuff has changed for me. The older I get, the less I can, you know, ha have different foods that they start to play with my mind and that's where my disease centers it is in my mind you know and if I think that you know somehow some way someday I'll be different I'm screwed because I've been there done that and was screwed you know so you know and this is just for me 
You know, this is my experience that I cannot have certain foods. I do have that allergy. And uh, and I'm grateful about that today. I was not for a very long time, but today I am because there is a solution. And it is, you know, the problem is one, you know, I am powerless. My life is totally unmanageable by me for sure. And I love that that was shared today. And the solution is two through 12. And I've got to do the deal, you know. I personally have to take the action to have the transformation to come about, you know, by direction from somebody that it's already happened in. And that also has been my experience. And so what am I doing today? You know, I'm doing today what I did yesterday and maybe a little bit more so that I can get today what I got yesterday and not have to live in this disease. And I'm so truly grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Tina S. Next up, Larry K. followed by Kim G. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service this morning. Um, I am exceptional. I am going to prove that I'm an exception because I'm an exceptional sort of human being. And I I am not, because I wasn't 700 pounds, nor was I 70 pounds. So I'm going to continue to try to prove, you know, it's interesting. Denial is such a powerful human um, phenomenon. Um, it's it's a defense mechanism, and because as human beings, we are either moving towards pleasure, or we are moving away from pain. And oh, there was so, I mean, there was some physical pain, but most of it was emotional pain for me to accept that I was this person that could not um, stop when I started, and I couldn't stop from starting again. I couldn't stay stopped. I did it over and over again. And, and I'm just like any other animal. I'm moving towards pleasure away from pain. And if, if someone comes into OA as I did and stops eating and I thought, well, you know, this is a therapeutic kind of thing. We, we process our emotions. And if we could just dig deep enough and process those emotions, then I can change my relationship to food. And I was wrong. See, because this was not merely a cognitive malady. My malady was spiritual nature. That's what the big book teaches me, and they were right. I know that today. And as long as I thought it was a cognitive malady, I would use tools and techniques, and I'm not crapping on the tools. The tools are critical, absolutely. I use the tools every day. But the tools were never designed to effectuate a spiritual awakening, right? Does anyone believe the tools, the founders of the program develop this program and are going to give you some tools in which they will bring about a spiritual awakening? Absolutely not. No, we, the steps are designed to produce some sort of, call it a psychic change. They'll use lots of terms, psychic change, uh, transformation, personality change, spiritual awakening. I mean, whatever's palatable to you, but I know it was a, brought into an alignment with a higher power that was not a power of me, of my cognition. It was a power outside of myself because I would, as long as I continue to perceive my disease as a cognitive malady rather than a spiritual malady, then I'm going to look for a therapeutic solution. I'm going to look for someone who can make me feel better, some human being. And it wasn't so for me. You see, either God is or God is not. What is my choice? I get to make that choice every day. I'm not a robot. Either my malady is spiritual or it isn't. What is my choice today? My malady is spiritual. I need a spiritual solution. 
And if I don't, you can, wrapping up here, Kelly, I can sit my ass in a seat and come here, and that's all I need is a desire to stop eating. And I, there are no musts that I have to do to be a member. But I think I, there's like 75 musts in this program. Thank God for this uh, solution. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. Next up, Kim G., followed by Crystal P. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I am the real compulsive overeater. I love that line in that class. So what is the class they're describing? The class they're describing is someone who has the twofold nature of our illness. They have the allergy of the body, and they have the mental twist. If they don't have those two characteristics, they're not in the class that the book is describing, and they're not in the class that is meant to be in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, I think to myself, what would happen in an AA meeting if someone shared, you know, after years in AA, I find that I can have a light beer on occasion. I I think that person would be shut down. And I'm not even saying that's not that person's truth. If that's that person's truth, they're not an alcoholic, and they're doing damage to Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, I think to myself, if someone's in an NA meeting and says, you know what, this book is talking about alcohol, they're not talking about drugs. So it doesn't apply to me in the allergy sense, in the sense that I'm a heroin addict, and I go to this doctor, and because of my pain, he gives me a prescription for Oxycontin. And since it's on a prescription pad, it must be okay. That person will be shut down as well. So we have to be clear. The self-deception and experimentation doesn't just happen before we walk into the rooms of OA. I don't know about you all, but I did that self-deception and experimentation for 17 years while in L.A. Because, see, I could not stop or moderate without a spiritual solution. And why is that? Because I have an allergy of the body, which I had to fully concede. And if I don't have that allergy, I'm not a compulsive overeater. And I have a mental twist that no matter how long I'm abstinent, I can't get comfortable abstinence, and that uncomfortability in life drives me back to have the food that I'm allergic to. And if I don't have those two characteristics, then I'm not a compulsive overeater, and I can attend as many other meetings as I want, but I also can do damage for the people who are real compulsive overeaters. So for me personally, I love this AA message, and I attend AA meetings, but I'm not a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I've attended some NA meetings, but I'm not a member of Narcotics Anonymous because I don't have the allergies. And I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person that if 99 things are said that I disagree with, and one thing is said that I agree with, I will chase that. And what worries me is in a meeting where they're hearing such message of depth and weight that one person can say something that the still suffering will chase after that message. And that message is going to kill them because if you are the real compulsive overeater like I am, if you have the allergy of the body, then that means you can never have those foods again. And if you have that mental twist, that means your only chance of living a comfortable life is to do these 12 steps on a daily basis. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G, for that powerful share. Appreciate it. And next up, Crystal P. followed by Margot P. Good morning, Crystal. Good morning. This is uh, Crystal P. from Toronto. Um, I was really grateful to read this paragraph uh, because I definitely am the master of self-deception and experimentation 
always trying to prove myself exceptions uh, to the rule. Uh, when I first came into OA, um, interestingly, I was very happy to be one of one of you. I was just, oh yes, this is my this is my group, this is my people. I eat like you, I act like you. You get me. I want to be a part of you. Um, so I was very happy to to self-identify and be a part. Um, the way that I played the exception to the rule part was that I didn't have to do all the things you had to do because you guys needed that stuff, you know, because you just weren't as good as me or I just, I don't know, it was just, I never, like, you know, my sponsor said, do, you know, go to, go to the meetings, start booking the steps, uh, you know, get a food plan, uh, put program first, all of those things. And that was all for other people. For me, I was, I'm too cute for that stuff. You know, I can get away with it. I can, I don't need to, I don't need to do everything that you guys did. And that was the lie that sort of kept playing, that self-deception that kept playing in my head. And it took my sponsor threatening to fire me a couple of times before I realized, oh my goodness, you know, whether I believe this or not, I need to give this a real shot, which means I actually have to do what everybody else is doing. Because I can play the self-deception game all the time. You know, that that's just not how it works for me. I, you know, I'm from a different cultural background. You don't get how our families work. This is how I have to do things. And you don't know how my life is. I have all these priorities. And, you know, I don't have time for all of this. And I can, I can have a million and one excuses. And what really helps me when I get into that mindset is the moment I hear sort of what I call like the lawyer in my head, starting to negotiate and, you know, um, make up reasons. Um, the thing that really helps me is kind of like the Nike slogan, just like, just do it, just do it. Like the moment I start thinking my way through whether I should do it, the line that really helps me is just, just get it done. Just get it done. Your sponsor said to do it, just get it done. Um, and that's been super helpful to cut through self-deception. And then the other thing sometimes that's helped me is experimenting um in a different way uh, with program words, you know what, you've tried this way all your life, why don't you as an experiment for the next 24 hours, just do what the program said and just see what happens. And those experiments have really, really helped because sometimes I'm so stuck in self-deception, I can't imagine doing something forever, but I don't have to. What if I just tried program, like go all in for one day, 24 hours, see how that works. Maybe that'll be better than what I've been doing for the last 30 years. Maybe it'll work because my old ways are leading only to old results. So maybe this new way will lead to new results. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Crystal P. Uh, next up, Margot P. followed by Jason K. Good morning, Chris. Uh, Margot. Margot. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Margot grateful to be here on this beautiful call, beautiful everybody sharing. Uh, with um Marga from uh Composer Eater, Florida. And um I'm in the big book with my sponsor. I'm grateful to have her guiding me through the steps. It's so beautiful to go through these books because it has so much information paragraph by paragraph. I also have a career in my past of eating behavior, addiction of food. I did stop a long time. I, I came into a, a, a long time ago in 1990, and I did it my way, my way, and I didn't follow God's will, and I, I came into a regular and, I, and then had relapsed five years after that, and my addiction took off again. 
doing my way, and then back into my, um, now I'm back into program and been two years in program, and I'm in mean, the dignity of choice, and so grateful that there's a food plan out there, because I did all the diet plan, like the, the alcoholic did, you know, all these uh, different uh, addictions that had, they were sharing this book. And so today I do have a sponsor walking, she's walking me through a big book. You know, I have this mental twi- <laughs> mental twist, and it's like, oh, my Lord. So today I do have awareness with my dignity of choice, and I stay away from alcoholic food that triggers me back into that food eating in my past. And so I'm on a journey with this big book. I am so grateful. Thank you, everyone, to share it because it gives me more progress, more uh, more spirituality because my spirituality was really dead, dead, dead in, in my past. And so, and now I know that I, uh, being a step one and step two and step three, and it's like, oh, I'm in a journey. I'm a force of my sponsor. So thank you, everyone, and I'll pass. Thank you. <clears throat> Sorry, thank you, Margot P. Next up, Jason K., followed by Craig F. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, this is Jason Kay, Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bleeding Outside of Philadelphia, and um, just thank you everyone for being here. There's some great shares, and I'm, I'm trying today to remain teachable and open to learn new things um, and truly take in the messages I'm hearing. And, uh, you know, this is a great paragraph, and I love this. Uh, these are step one considerations, and I think, you know, if you're new here, there's some hope. You, you know, maybe you're starting to understand that, you know, you do have some self-deception, maybe that you are trying to prove yourself not an alcoholic, maybe there's part of you on this line saying, I'm not like these people, I don't really have this thing, um, but maybe I encourage you to look deep down inside, to look at the um, the truth based on your own experience, you know, have you been able to control this, have you been able to put the food down, you know, most people who come here, and when I was coming to these meetings, you know, it wasn't because I you know, tried to diet and then, you know, didn't quite get it together and, you know, was struggling a little bit. I was desperate, you know. I spent a long time in self-deception and experimentation, and and I encourage you to try to bring that out to the light. Take a look at that. Talk to people. Uh, And there's hope here because there's a lot of people on this line that can say unequivocally today, I'm done with the self-deception. I'm done with the experimentation. Um, Because for me today to experiment is to... uh, potentially go back into this disease to go back into this disease for me is equivalent to dying. Uh, and there's hope today because I don't ever, um, I don't ever play around with, uh, those experiments. I'm, I'm, I'm done experimenting today. And I look at, at my life and I say, does my life and my actions and how I live and how I work this program show that I'm done today? Uh, and I ask myself every once in a while, do I think I'm just a little bit less of a compulsive eater? Uh, and, and thankfully, I don't see that happening more and more as I work this program. I feel more a part of you, a part of this group. Uh, I feel connected uh, to people on this line. I find that this is my home. The longer I do this work, the more I feel like this is my home. This is where I belong. Um, you people are my people, um, and I can connect with us, you know, joined in the solution. Um, and there's a solution here, and it all starts with this. Are you done? Are you done trying to deceive yourself? Are you done experimenting? Are you still trying to prove, prove yourself an exception? Or are you ready to start belonging and identifying in? Uh, and that's the invitation today. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thank you so much, Jason K. And next up is Craig F. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Kelly. <clears throat> this is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The first sentence in what we read today says, despite all, uh, we can say many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe they are in that class. What class was that? The class that was defined in the last paragraph, which was we're like men that have not ha, have lost their legs, um, that we are people that um, we are pickles. We never get to go back to cucumbers. Um, you know, no matter how long uh, I'm abstinent, no matter how many times I work the steps, no matter how many uh, big book retreats I lead, no matter how uh, many people, will, you know, how many people I sponsor. Uh, I'm still a compulsive overeater. Um, you know uh, that that is that's a truth, and uh, you know that I uh, um, I'm not cured. I'm not cured. I'm never going to be cured. And uh, also, though, it goes on to talk about people that can do the the right about face and drink like gentlemen. Now, you know, I, I, boy, I believe that about me. For a long time, I, I, I thought, you know, if I just would grow up a little bit, if the world just didn't have uh, pressure, if I'd inherit some money, or, or you know, if, if I didn't have to to uh, uh, live this, you know, if I had the right woman, if I had the right situation, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have to drink like that. I wouldn't have to eat like that. And... Uh, you know, the truth is, I ate because I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I, I, I tried long and hard to uh, diet uh, my way down to the to the right weight, thinking that that would cure me, that uh, once I got to go weight, that, that I would be, quote, unquote, cured, that I would be active enough, <clears throat> then maybe that I could be like uh, other people. And and but what I have to say, what I have to remember on a daily basis is that I am and always will be uh, a compulsive overeater. And that as a compulsive overeater, I only have one solution, and and that solution is a spiritual experience as a result of these steps. You know, step uh, step twelve says having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, and and that is my only that's my only solution. Not a cure, but a solution. And and if I maintain that right attitude, if I maintain the, that spiritual condition uh, through self-sacrifice and work with others, <clears throat> then I have an opportunity to live a somewhat normal life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Craig. And Remy, if you're there, Remy, you have like two minutes. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, good morning. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit credits due. Can you time me, please? So self-deception and experimentation did not work for me. It always buried me and suffocated me and kept me in my darkness, and I'm going to just cut to what I want to say is that, you know, I'm really grateful that I stand today on an unshakable foundation um, because 
God is guiding me, not life is guiding me anymore. He gives me the strength to deal with this emotional buildups that life brings to us. I just lost my brother from pancreatic cancer in 36 days. He, he was here and he's gone. The funeral is this weekend. The other pull is I'm running a retreat in Greece. My business is starting to blossom. Thank you, God. I leave Monday. Wow. It's, it's just it is, it's, 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 I don't have words to say. The, the emotional buildup between a loss of sadness and excitement to adventure and still be abstinent, and it's all about God, putting God first in your life and allow him to guide you. Thank you for letting me share my path. Well, thank you so much, Adimi. Okay, so thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Tuesday, June 6, is 123004. 123004. So we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Liz V. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Kelly. It's Liz, recovered compulsive eater from North Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass. Thank you, Liz. Waiting for that man's voice. But anyway, Anyway, we're going to do the serenity prayer together. So if you will press star one, we will all say the serenity prayer. God. Thanks, okay, Naomi. thanks, Kelly. Thank you, dear, for your service. Have yourself a great day. 
Okay, good morning. Good morning, family. My name is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Philadelphia. Welcome to those who are new on a Vision for You Big Book study today. We have set aside this time in our meeting to invite those on the line to introduce themselves if they have never introduced themselves in the past. Here's what we need from you. We need your name, the first initial of your last name, telephone number, state, and time zone so we can welcome you. If you're looking to exchange telephone numbers or looking for a 12-step guide or sponsor, have pen and paper ready as available sponsors will introduce themselves at the end of the second hour, which is coming up after announcements. Please stay with us for that. Before meeting our first newcomer, we kindly request there be no interruptions during this time, as I will be repeating names and numbers. Press star 1 to unmute your phone, and after you have introduced yourself, please press star 1 to mute yourself. So, do we have any newcomers on the line that would like to introduce themselves? Please hit star 1. Hi, this is Prasad G. I beg your pardon, what is the first name? Uh, Prasad, P-R-A-S-A-D. Great, Prasad. And the first initial of your last name, please? G. G as in girl? Yep. Okay, fine. Thank you. And um, what is your telephone number, please? 248-762-8931. And what is your time zone, please? Eastern Detroit, Michigan. Okay, so it's Eastern. Great. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Prasad G, phone number 248-762-8931, and that's Eastern Time. Welcome. Welcome to our meeting. Welcome. Do we have any other newcomers on the line? Please hit star one to introduce yourself. Okay. Okay, so let me see where I'm at. Okay, thank you. Well, a second warm welcome to Prasad G. Um, we are glad that you have joined us. Okay, we have a member contact list for this meeting. You will find it on our website. The web address is www.avisionforyou.info. I'll spell it out for you. www. A V I S I O N, the number four, Y O U dot info. On the home page of this website, you will see a menu across the top. At the far right, there is a tab for member. Click on the tab, and a drop down menu will appear. Read and follow the instructions for registering. Once you have registered, you will have access to more than 4,988 members, names and contact information, which will help you in your search for a sponsor and co-fellows in recovery. Another warm welcome to our meeting. I will now direct my, our attention to Leah, who has announcements at this time. Good morning, Leah. Hey, good morning, Naomi. Thanks for your service. Thank you, Thank Kelly. You. Mhm. Mm Thank you, Kelly, and everybody on Team Thursday, and all who participated this morning. Thank you. 
A warm welcome to any newcomers on the line. Welcome home. A Vision for You is here Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, again at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. We're dedicated to the close study and teaching of the program of recovery that's contained in our basic text of, from Alcoholics Anonymous. We lovingly refer to it as the big book, so please continue to study with us these life-changing instructions that we find in the text. In addition to the Monday through Friday meetings, we're also here on Sunday mornings when recovered compulsive overeaters bring the message of recovery to the line in a very pointed fashion. This Sunday, June 9th, Step 11, that'll be our focus in a presentation entitled A Clay to be Molded by the Potter. We'll hear all about the instructions of Step 11 threaded together with personal experience. It will be a compelling presentation of that, I'm sure. And looking ahead on June 16th, a story of transformation will be offered. Half measures availed us. Nothing. Many of us have learned that again and again and again and again. So June 16th, half measures availed us. Nothing. These presentations are followed by a question and answer segment. And then everything's recorded and archived on a Vision for You website. If you haven't yet visited the website, please do so. Unwrap that big gift of recovery, lots of voices to be found, all there to support you as you embark on your own recovery process of the 12 steps. You'll see a tab for daily recordings. You'll also see a tab for special recordings combined. You have the opportunity, if you wish to do so, to listen to over 2,700 recordings, all declaring the great news that even though we suffer from allergy to the body, obsession of the mind, we have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So please make use of that website. If you're interested in accessing the most recent 60 days of recordings on your phone, you can do so by calling 712-432-5203. Use the same conference code, and when prompted for a share ID number, it's a five-digit number that you're going to need to access Recording of your choice. For yesterday, Wednesday, June 5th, the 10 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 13001, that's 13,001. And for this morning's meeting, Thursday, June 6th, 13,004, that's 13004, for the meeting that just concluded. Let's get back to our text. We are in a chapter entitled More About Alcoholism. You'll find us on page 31, the first paragraph. Despite all we can say, one paragraph. Yes. I'm so sorry. Could you repeat the number again for the meeting? I sure can. Thank for you. For today, Thursday, June 6, 13,004. Thanks so much. Sorry. Mm, no problem. 13004. One three zero zero four for this morning's meeting. We are on page thirty one, the first paragraph, despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe that they are in that class. One paragraph only, let's transition for further comments on what was read this morning or questions related to the program of recovery. And Sandy W is here to be our fearless leader. Good morning, Sandy. I know she's here. Star one to unmute. 
Oh, can you hear me now, Lola? Sorry I about that. I do. I sure <laughs> do. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm a little rusty. It's been a couple of months since I've moderated, but you'll um, get in the groove. You'll get in the groove. <laughs> yes. Thanks for your service. Yes. Thank you. Um, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the second hour of A Vision for You Big Book Step Study. Uh, my name is Sandy W., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut and your host for this meeting. The second hour is not a recorded meeting. Okay, so this is how I'm going to do my best to make sure our meeting works. The second hour format is much the same as the recorded meeting and includes the opportunity to ask questions about the program of recovery. We ask that you keep your share to the topic we have been discussing and that you keep your share to three minutes. At approximately 10 minutes before the close of the meeting, we will open up the floor for sponsors to offer their contact information. Those seeking a sponsor may want to have paper and pen handy for that information. Okay, so let's get back to our big book study, and as Leah mentioned, we are on page 31, the first paragraph, which begins, despite all that we can say. So who would like to comment on what we read today? Carlisa C. Okay, I got Carlisa C., and I think there was another name. Who was that? Beth W. Beth W. Great, Beth. Thank you. Who else wants to comment? Ruth Naomi B. Okay, Ruth. Ruth G and Naomi B. Okay. And sure. Anyone else on the Pete? Okay, got you, Pete. Well, that's a good group. Let's go with that. So we've got Carlisa C, Beth W, Ruth G, Naomi B, and Pete B. So, um, Carlisa, please get us started. And everyone else, please make sure they're muted. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Can you hear me okay? Yes, you're coming through nicely. Okay, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for being here. I've loved what I've heard. So the cornerstone, the cornerstone of my disease, are, the cornerstones are self-deception and experimentation. And I'm a bona fide member of compulsive eaters recovery and also alcohol recovery. And I go to AA meetings most every day. And in those meetings, I'm, I'm, I might hear just about anything. And as my AA sponsor says, we let people run the line. It's like a dog on a, on a line. We run that line until it's spun. So in that spinning, I can hear a whole lot of foolish. And, and, I, and I said a whole lot of foolish. Like, oh, I think at this time I can eat like a normal person. People look at me. There might be quite a bit of... Uh, talk over that after we would call cross out, but in that group, there's no such thing apparently. <laughs> and they would comment on it. But unless I'm saying what I'm thinking and how I'm operating, people don't know what I'm doing. Um, I, was at, I had a privilege to be at a meeting last night. <laughs> it was a women's meeting, and then invariably, the topic that comes up is the t- taking away the seizure of our children because we were driving drunk under the influence. We're not, we, we failed the chance with them. And unless I speak on what's really going on in my life, I can't be healed from it. So I need to, part of my self-deception is I want to hide. I want to lie. I want to deny. I want to act like I'm special. I want to act like, oh, there's no consequence to me eating all this food. 
And unless I am willing to talk it out, and unless I have someone who's willing to listen, just say, wait a minute, you're running the line here. I'm going to, to fail. And um, I'm on the electrical trainer. That's why I'm breathing a little harder. But um, I wanted just to also say I really appreciate the diversity of opinion because that's what makes us work. Um, thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Carlisa. Thank you so much for um, sharing with us. Okay, so next we have Beth W. followed by Ruth G. Um, good morning, Beth. Hi, thanks for hearing me. I'm taking, um, calling on me. My name is Beth W. and I'm a compulsive overeater uh, recovered today in North Dakota. Um, I wanted to share because the words uh, self-deception and experimentation um, popped up for me as well. And um, <clears throat> I can do that on any given day, even as a recovered woman today. Um, and the experimentation and self-deception all happen in my mind. I don't even have to pick up a, a bite of food to want to experiment um, and deceive myself. It can all happen in my head. You know, oh, yeah, maybe this time. Maybe, maybe I could just have a little. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And I can spin that web right in my head. And, and that's where um, a relapse is going to begin. I don't even have to go to a store. I don't have to go to a restaurant. I don't even have to go to my refrigerator. That, that deception happens right in my head. It happens right between my ears long before I ever pick up any food. And you know what? It happened. And then uh, for, for all the years before I ever entered these rooms or picked up the phone or made a call, and asked for help, and um, and it can happen again today unless I stay spiritually fit and connected to my higher power and in service to other people. And uh, so, thanks for calling on me. That's all I have, and I'll pass. Thank you, Beth. Thanks so much. Thanks for sharing with us. Um, okay, so now we have Ruth G. followed by Naomi B. Um, good morning, Ruth. Hi, I'm Ruth G. And uh, this paragraph is really something because I think that I'm one of the people who could eat everything in moderation today. I'm in the program 46 years, and I worked very, very hard. And I could never say I'm recovered. When I was in the program 10 years, I used to say I'm recovered. Bullshit. I am not recovered. But I work this program every day. I do the tools of the program. I try to make calls to everybody. I pray. I meditate. And I try to work the program. Now I can't even go to face-to-face -face meetings anymore because I'm a very older woman and I can't drive anymore. But I go to these phone meetings. I listen Sometimes I just listen to the meetings and I can't share because I'm very, very busy with a lot of things in my house and my husband isn't feeling good and all that. But I think that everybody is so different in the program and went through all kinds of different things. I mean, I, I, I don't even want to talk about what I went through as a child and all that. And everybody has different ways of coping and working program, and I went to therapy for 24 years because it was an emotional problem the way I used to kill myself because I would kill myself with the food, but I am not today. 
as long as I'm working the program every day, I pray to God that I could work this program. And with that, I'm passing. Thank you for letting me share. Oh, thank you, Ruth. Thank you for sharing. Okay, so we have Naomi B. followed by Pete B. And then we'll be able to open it up for more people to share. So, Naomi, good morning. I'm here. Can you hear me okay? Yes, nicely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Well, real alcoholics. Yep, that'll be me. By every form of self-deception and experimentation, they will try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule they're therefore non-alcoholic. Well, (laughs) I did, and it didn't work because I am the real deal. There's no getting around it. I had no idea what I was until I came into these rooms, none whatsoever, because I couldn't imagine the amount of food that I would ingest and never be filled, could not understand until it was cracked open in this big book. And, you know, um, as it says in the book, a little experimentation. Put your fingers over a hot flame. See if it'll burn you. Yeah, no, that's going to burn you. No matter what you do, that's going to burn you. That's not going to change. Just like with me trying to dabble in some of the food. Nope. No, don't go down that road. That is poison, poison for me. Why should I, when I have such an amazing, provable results in this book, following the the 12 steps, having a relationship with my higher power, doing a daily inventory, reaching out to fellows, sponsoring, and... And doing a God letter every day. And then when I'm able to, I go out on my God walks. Just thanking God, not taking any earbuds or anything like that. Because I am the real deal. I am the real alcoholic. And there's no getting around with That's like, and I know it's such a beaten down cliche, but it's true. It's like saying a woman is a little pregnant. Nope, doesn't work that way. She's really pregnant. And thank you, God. There's no self-deception. There's no experimentation. I don't play with fire because I know what's going to happen. But thank you, God, I don't have that today. I have freedom, and I am free. Thank you for allowing me to share. And I passed. Oh, thank you, Naomi. Thanks for sharing. And um, now we'll have Pete B, and then I'll open it up for more people to share. So, Pete, please go right ahead. Pete, star one to unmute. Every time I don't want to say, can you hear me okay, I wind up being muted. I, I, uh, <laughs> we do hear you now nicely. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Chris, I'm Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And uh, thanks for taking the meeting. You did such a great job lining everybody up. And I, I really uh, really got a lot out of the, the, the meeting earlier today. I love, you know, I, I, this one, the thing I appreciate, about Overuse Anonymous is that we say in every meeting, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop compulsively overeating, right? right? You know, and, you know, believe it or not, that's the only requirement for membership to any weight loss program, right? Everybody at, at Weight Watchers has a desire to stop compulsively overeating, and everybody in, uh, you know, the South Beach diet has a desire to stop compulsively overeating, right? But the thing that differentiates me from those people is the fact that I have this physical allergy coupled with a mental obsession that gets worse and never better, 
right? You know, and, you know the, the, the speaker at the beginning of the first hour talked about the lies I tell myself, right? The lies I tell myself. You know, after a binge, I am a hopeless, you know, compulsive ruler of the hopeless variety filled with self-hatred, guilt, and remorse, sorrow, right? Then I come in here and I connect with new individuals and we talk about our stories and I feel connected and I start thinking to myself, you know what, I'm just making a little bit too much of that, that, that condition I had. You know, it's been a while. I must have gotten better, right? I've learned enough from your experience, from everybody else's experience. I could, I could take a drink. I could dip into the sugar bowl, right? I, can, I could start picking up those substances that used to be so baffling. And, and get, you know what? For some people, that is totally okay, right? It's just really, what, what are we, what are, our hats are off to you. That's fantastic. Good for you. We appreciate your participation. But, but you know, it, it was said so eloquently and effectively earlier. See, the dangerous part is, is that, you know, I, want, I come in here, you know, I start thinking to myself, well, I'm like other people. And if this person can do that, well, then I guess it's okay for me. Right? And uh, the other, the, the, what we read earlier in the week is that it says the delusion that I am like other people has got to be smashed. Right? I've got to, like the thought that the fact that somebody else can do that, now I can, well, then, then the delusion hasn't been smashed. We talk about the first step being the only one we can work perfectly. And the first step I'm referring to is the moment that we read earlier in the week. That I concede to my innermost self that I'm a compulsive reader of the hopeless variety and the delusion that I'm like other people has got to be smashed. And I'm paraphrasing, right? And you can work that step perfectly, perfectly, and still be eating and still be picking up. Right, I can work at 100% perfectly. I've, I've shared this before. I've been at, I've been at, you know, some people stand at the end of the bridge. I saw a guy with a sign. He said, I'm powerless over alcohol. My life is unmanageable. Could you spare some money so I can get a drink? He had it written on a sign and still drinking. Like, this is a deadly fatal disease. We have to be very, very careful. We have to remember that regardless of the message, regardless of what's out there, that we have it. I have it. Doesn't matter what anybody else has. And as long as as long as that is smashed, I remain safe and protected. And with that I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Pete. Thanks so much for your message. So um okay, so in case anyone lost their place in the book, we're on page thirty one, the first paragraph that starts with despite all we can say. So I'm ready to take some more names. Who else would like to comment? Julie B. Okay. David N. David. Jenny A. Um, so Jen A. Jen A. Was there another voice in there? Julie B. Julie B. Julie B. Okay, gotcha, Julie. And Renee A. Renee A. Okay. That's another good group. So let's go with that. We've got Julie B. David. I think it was N as in nickel. Um, Jen A. Julie B as in boy. Hopefully, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. And Renee A. So um, Julie, please get us started again. Julie B. Uh, can you hear me? Oh yes. Now we have you. Go right ahead. Okay. I think you got me twice on there. The two Julies. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Didn't even notice that. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Thank you for hearing me. Uh, my name is Julie B. I'm a compulsive overeater and major sugar 
Um, this passage is really hitting me right in the face today. Uh, so I just got my bachelor's degree. It is a really great time, and I worked really hard. And then my sponsor decided that she had life changes and needed to let me go. And, you know, so I'm just over here living a life. But what was happening is I started to mentally experiment with, oh, well, maybe I could have that, and maybe I can have this. And, you know, I've proven to myself twice now that I am a compulsive overeater. I have no control after that first bite. And so thank God uh, he has brought me another sponsor very quickly. Um, But, you know, just to be present about these thoughts today, um, pray to him every single time I have these thoughts. Uh, I just listened to a great podcast as part of my new homework with my new sponsor, and it said that I should put all of these alcoholic foods in a box and then close the box and never get into it again. And, man, am I sure rifling through that box right now. And thank God it's just mentally because, again, physically I have rifled through the box before and it's been very detrimental to me. Um, So I just wanted to speak my truth today and tell you all that I'm praying to God every day to stay out of the box and work with my new sponsor, and thank you all for being on the line. I pass. Thank you, Julie. Thank you so much for speaking your truth and sharing it with us. Um, Okay, so next we have David N., and then he will be followed by Jen A. Um, Good morning, David. Good morning, uh, David N., uh, compulsive overeater. Can you hear me okay? Yes, you're coming through clearly. So the the book is very clear um, that we we alcoholics have an abnormal mind. Uh, our main problem centers in our mind is what it says in the solution. Um, and I was... Uh, talking with my wife about this situation and she has a disease. She's, she's allergic to tree nuts. And so I was telling her, I was trying to relate the allergy that I have to certain foods to her. And I was saying that my, my disease tries to tell me that I don't have it. So it's always trying to trick me to just, you can just have one or You've been so good. You you you've that you've had sobriety for 35 days now. It's not going to hurt. Or or you know just give up. Forget about it. This is never going to work. Just enjoy. Look at all that food in front of you. And so I was relating this to her, and I said, "What if your what if your tree allergy spoke to you and said, listen, you haven't had a tree nut.'" In 60 days, you should be fine to have one. Or, you know what, you've had tree nuts from Bolivia. You need to try the ones from Paraguay. They certainly will not harm you. And this this mental twist and this mental deception, and I'm so grateful of how the big book brings this out so clearly and so consistently and in so many different ways. And I'm grateful that. There is a vision for you where there is a fellowship of believers, and and it feels like we have found the truth, the truth about this, this, the allergy of the body and the and the obsession of the mind, and the only solution is a spiritual one. And I thank God for that. With that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, David, and we are grateful for you and your share. Thanks so much. Um, okay, so next we have Jen A., and then she'll be followed by Renee A. So good morning, Jen. Good morning. Thanks for moderating. My name is Jen A. I'm recovered in Colorado. But the difficulty is that few alcoholics have enough desire to stop while there is yet time. So the desire was the hope that I wished were and prayed for. Um, please, God, make this stop. Um, I remember being in bathrooms and just, just, I wasn't on my knees, but I was just praying, please, God, make it stop. Like today, it's really real for me. And I think the part for me is that while there is yet time, um, I don't know many people um, that have died in this program of Overeaters Anonymous, but my best friend died outside the walls of Overeaters Anonymous. She never came in, and the last message I have on my voicemail is, one day at a time, one day at a time. And she says it six times. She was never in a 12-step program. I truly believe that was a sign that God gave me that this was my only saving grace to get well. And um, I'm just so thankful for all the people on this line. And I've heard all the teachings that have been taught, all the podcasts that I've listened to, because I no longer want to negotiate or experiment with anything. Um, you know, desire equals danger in my mind. If I desire something, it is dangerous, and I have to remember that. Um, reading, um, writing out my food history, like the food log, um, which was my history with food and food behaviors, started to make things really clear, you know, pages upon pages of how I ate, how I drank, um, what size I was, what diet I went on over and over again. And going back and then looking and pulling out all those highlighted things gave me the foods and the behaviors mostly. But those foods for me are black and white. They're non-negotiable. When I first came in this program, I wrote a list in my journal. And um, I was never told to do it, but I heard people say in a meeting, I have red light, yellow light, green light foods. So I wrote stuff down. Do you know what? That page doesn't exist in my journal anymore because I was like, I got a case of the fuckets and ripped it out um, in this program. I was like, I'm still going to eat a few things that I want to eat. Um, today, where I have uh, those things written is in the front page of my big book. It's in black and white. Why? Because I'm sure as heck never going to show up to a meeting with the front page of my big book missing and saying I negotiated with the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and tore the front cover off and negotiating with these foods and behaviors. So in black and white, posted on the inside of my big book is where I know those are the non-negotiable items that I have to put down because you know what? There still is time yet to live. And I'm so thank thankful, thankful to God that he gave me the ability to stop and to stay stopped, and that's where I want to stay today. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jen. Thank you, and we're thankful for your share. Um, okay, so we've got Renee A., and then I'll open it up again for more people who would like to comment. So, Renee, please go right ahead. Renee A., we're not hearing you. Stall one. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes, yes. Now, very nicely. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Renee, a recovered compulsive overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Glad to be here with you guys this morning. Um, you know, I um, was just looking at that and thinking about that sentence. By every form of self-deception and experimentation, they will try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule. And, you know, our book uh, uses some really strong language about our disease, cunning, baffling, powerful, uh, progressive, fatal. Um, and, you know, 
I tell you what, I think I think my disease uh, gets better at looking for small, tiny little loopholes uh, and, and ways to lie to me and deceive me. And so I've been in and out of the rooms for about 25 years, um, but I want to talk about my last relapse which lasted 13 years, and here's the interesting thing. I, I absolutely was convinced I was a real compulsive overeater. I absolutely was convinced that I had to have a spiritual solution to my problem, but <clears throat> my disease lied to me and told me that I could recover outside these rooms um, with another spiritual practice. Um, and you know what? That... Um, that uh, that self-deception and that experimentation, trying to prove myself to be special and different than you guys, because really, don't take it personally, but I was way too cool for you guys, and I just really didn't want to hang out here, okay? Um, I wanted to uh, recover in a more, um, I don't know, just um, what I consider to be a better environment, a cooler environment. Um, you know, I didn't need to hang out around 12-step rooms anymore. I got this. And 13 years later, I'm back here, and I'm, I am here to tell you, I don't know about everybody else. I have to hang out with you guys. I have to do this program. I have to do it like the book says. And whenever I have these thoughts of, oh, I don't need to do that or, you know, I don't need to say that or that's just kind of silly, you know what, I, I know that that is my ego. It's regenerated. It's never going to die. And, you know, I, I'm powerless over my ego. But I have a power between me and that ego and I can fully rely and trust that power. Um, as long as I'm here and I'm hanging out with you guys, um, I'm, I'm going to be okay. As long as I'm following these directions and I'm not trying to prove myself to be special or different or cooler. So, um, you know, I'm just so grateful for you all today. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Renee, and we're glad you're back hanging out with us. Thanks for sharing, too. Um, okay, so we've got um, some more time. So let's see. Again, we're on page 31 on the first paragraph. Despite all we can say is what it begins with. And who else would like to comment on what was read today? Rafael um, Could you spell that for me? I'm not getting it clearly. I know. It's a difficult name. Rafaela Shi. Rafaela C. Okay, gotcha. Thank you for the clarity. Um, who, who else would like to comment? Sarah. I got Sarah. And what was the second name? Mom. Was that, I'm sorry, I'm, it's a little muffled. Is it Kate? Sue. Oh, Sue. Did I get that right? <laughs> sorry. Yes. My, old, my old ears. Okay, so um, anyone else? Want to yes. With a question. Sandy S. Okay. okay, I'm going to stop there then so we have time for your question, Sandy. So we've got Rafaela, C, Sarah, and I need your last initial, and Sue, I need your initial when it's your turn, and then Sandy F. A. question. Hmm. Okay, so Rafaela C., would you start us off again, please? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Rafaela C. Uh, I am normally... Uh, from Melbourne, but I am on holidays and I am from Israel at the moment. 
Uh, I'm a recovery compulsive overeater, very grateful to be one, and so, so grateful to be in this meeting that normally in Australia I can't really attend because it's at an impossible hour in the morning by me. So here I can, and it was so good already to be in the meeting. Uh, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Uh, just the words, you know, that I'm no exception to the rule, and I am therefore an, um, an alcoholic, so I, it's very clear to me just for today. And this in itself is a miracle, to be absolutely sure that I belong to that category uh, of alcoholics is the beginning of my well-being. Um, being an alcoholic, even though here it seems that the emphasis is on drinking and therefore on the substance, uh, that removes food, um, being an alcoholic means many other things. So it means that I have a certain set of mind uh, when I don't work the program, or I have a predisposition to be maybe more sensitive, sensitive than others, and therefore I immediately have to work my program. So I have to remember that I am an alcoholic, uh, even when I am recovered from the food addiction. Yes, the big book gives me a permanent solution, and, you know, I can consider myself, thank God, you know, just for today, one of those in whom the problem, you know, uh, the problem was solved, but I know that I have the mind of the alcoholic uh, when it comes, you know, to all sorts of things that I don't attend with my steps, especially the, the maintenance steps. So, I'll just say that very briefly, yesterday I had an amazing opportunity to make amends, and it was a very emotional thing. They were very well received, and I got so much out of it. But today I have a lot of emotions around that, and it's clear to me that being an alcoholic, I can't go to food to make my uh, inner emotional feel more better. I just have to stay, stay very close to God, first of all, close to my brothers and sisters, uh, and, um, you know, I'm doing a meeting, I'm sharing about that, uh, and everything will be fine. I never have to fall back into the compulsion to kill myself with food uh, just to deal with emotions. So thank you so much, my beautiful, loving brothers and sisters, to be there for me, and thank you for the service with Battle Pass. Thank you, Rafaela. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, okay, so next we have Sarah, and I do need your last initial, and then Sue. Um, Sarah, go right ahead. This is Sarah S., and I'm from Colorado. Got it. Awesome, thanks. Um, gosh, this paragraph is just so true for me. Um, I have used every form of self-deception experimentation to prove to myself that I'm not a compulsive overeater. Um, I was thinking about how, I've, I've, as I've done some of my amends, um, people have asked about this disease um, and and what it looks like, and um, and I try, you know, I try to do my best to explain step step one, my powerlessness over food, and there's this moment where people try to relate, and it's it's just so amazing how um, people just don't get it. People just don't, you know, oh, well, I do that sometimes. 
um, or I do that like once every couple weeks um, because I do think there's an epidemic in our country where people, you know, do have moments of compulsive overeating, but it's not the addiction. It's, it doesn't have them. It, it doesn't have it them in, the, in its grips like it does me. Um, and I think that I have to, I personally have to stay really close, even though I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, I have to stay really close to steps one, two, and three. Um, and for me, that's what these paragraphs are about, especially about the powerlessness and the insanity um, of this disease for me. Um, and I, one of the things that I would deceive myself with constantly is um, that when I, ever since I've been in program, which is now been eight or nine years, um, I, the binges actually got better when I was in program. I was able to restrict more, stay healthier, whatever it is. Um, and, and, but the aftermath, the thinking, the shame, the depression, the self-pity always got worse. It just kept getting worse and worse. The unmanageability got so much worse. So even though it looked to me like, oh, well, I'm like, I would go to a meeting and be like, well, I binged yesterday, but same time or whatever. Um, and the binges were smaller and they weren't as insane and crazy. Um, my mind and, and what was happening to me emotionally um, was was keeping me in, it, in its grips as well. Um, so anyways, I'm just really grateful for this meeting. I'm grateful for this book. Um, and grateful for that, that my delusion has been smashed, that I can fully concede today to my innermost self that I am a compulsive overeater. And, um, and that is the first step for me to getting freedom. Um, and I'm just really grateful for that. So thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you for sharing with us. And, um, and next, I think, did you say it was Sue L.? And then we'll have Sandy S.'s question. Um, Sue, go right ahead. Hi, my name is Sue, last initial L, from Pennsylvania, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. This is my first time sharing on um, these lines. I've been listening for um, many months, and um, I knew when I discovered these um, fellowships, in 1980, outside of Boston, that I was a compulsive overeater. But I didn't really know what that meant. I knew from my life experiences with my addiction that I couldn't control the food. But I never learned when I was in OA back then that it was much more than controlling my um, food and staying abstinent. I don't recall that we ever got into the big book. And, but I heard about the steps. I read the big book. But I never really got that I had a mental obsession with the food that I couldn't stop once I started. And... I was abstinent for many years, but then I walked away from OA because of a situation that I just couldn't handle. And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't imagine not working the program without a higher power. So if I was made at my higher power, then I couldn't work the program. So for 30 years, I was out of OA 
I was doing my own same addictive behaviors. But I was thinking that I was still better because I knew why I was eating now. I was over my emotions. And so I would just give myself permission when I was emotional and that build up, build up came. I would just give myself permission to go back into the food. But of course, I couldn't stop. Finally, I was brought to my knees. This disease almost killed me and, and I should not be here today. But God gave me a second chance. And so I thought, I want to find out what that purpose is now that he gave me the second chance. And seven months ago, I was led back into OA. I knew I was back home. But more exciting, I was also led to the big book for the first time. And it was cracked open to me in a, in a way that I just am so grateful because I never knew that this is where the truth is. And that by identifying in, which I could, I must have been given a new, a new pair of glasses or something because suddenly I could see myself in every single page of this book. And four months ago, uh, well, in, in March, my math may be off, but it, four months ago, right. uh, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, okay, finish yeah. up, finish up, yeah. So, uh, in March, I did get a recovered sponsor who has been leading me through the big book. I'm, um, I'm working on my ninth step. I'm, I did my first um, evening um, review, uh, you know, 10-step review, and um, I'm just very, very grateful for everyone out there on these lines and this program uh, and, and the big book. Um, and thank you for letting me share. Great. Thank you, Sue. Thanks so much for having the courage to share for the first time. It's not an easy step to take, so please, please do so again. Okay, um, Sandy S., um, let's hear your question. Yes, hi. This is Sandy S. from Nashville. And my question is, I, let me just say I'm living in 10, 11, and 12 happily and uh, very grateful for this meeting. And the question is about my home group meeting in Asheville. I started a meeting two and a half years ago, and at this point, it's me and another person, and possibly a third person. Neither of them are interested in working the program according to the big book. They're working the program according to these two people, how they're working it. And, um, you know, I've shared with them about the big book and how I do it. And it's gotten to the point where I don't know if this is where I want to invest my energy anymore. In the two and a half years, I say maybe 50 people have circulated in and out of this meeting and no one has stayed. Some people moved. Uh, some people had other meetings to go to. Um, I just don't know whether, when to say, like, okay, I'm done with this meeting. And we're going to spend the next uh, three weeks. To, the remaining person who I relate to is leaving for the summer, so it'll just be me and this other guy who's totally not into working the program at all. 
So I'm just so, um, I'm, like I'm sorry. Confused. So Sandy. So the question yes. is whether um, I should continue yes. in this meeting, you know, or not. You know, I mm-hmm. have no idea if anyone has had a similar experience. Okay. It's been over two and a half years. And if no one has, I understand it. I'll um, just keep yeah, my well, I'm wondering power. if we could, yeah, I'm wondering if we can phrase the question if there is any information in the big book that people have used in terms of helping them um, decide um, if they should continue with the meeting or not. And I don't know, it may be a better thing to have discussed one-on-one. So I'll certainly take your name and number at the end for outreach. But if there's a recovered Perfect. compulsive um, um, overeater out there that has something from the big book that could be helpful to Sandy and her figuring Harlan out G. if she could. Okay, oh, great, good. Harlan. And anyone okay. else? Okay, Sandy, yes, thanks for ahead. your question yes. because unfortunately this is the state that OA finds itself in in 2019. Um, page 77, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. In another part of the, of the program, it says, helping others is the foundation stone of our recovery. In Bill's story, he says, when all other measures fail, work with another alcoholic will save the day. I don't have the time to keep going because we're, we're pushing to the end of the meeting here. This is my strong, strong feeling, and this is what I have done many times here in Scottsdale and in Chicago with others. Keep showing up. You do not know who is going to walk through the door. It does not matter who else gets the program. That's, that's my Alanonic ego BS. That's, that's not for, for discussion. Who gets the program, who doesn't get the program, not the issue. The issue is to be there for the still-suffering compulsive overeater who is going to come in today, tomorrow, next week, or next month. That person that's walking in the door can save your life. To that person, they are looking for something. And Sandy, to the world, you're a person. To that person, you can be the world. You can light them up and you can give them hope that if you recovered from this disease, perhaps they can too. And this is the message. This is the purpose. What is Tradition 5? It says our real purpose is to carry the message to the compulsive overeater. Our primary purpose, excuse me, is to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. I can't do that at home. I attend these. I'll close with this. I attend um, Vision for You five days a week plus Sunday special edition. I am at meetings Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I do a big book study that's very intense on Saturday morning. I am at meetings every day. I am out there. I have over 20 years of abstinence. It's not about the other person. It's about carrying the message. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Harlan. Thanks so much for answering that question. And thank you, Sandy, for the question. And I will take your number at the end after we do sponsors um, in case anyone else wants to call you about um, um, with their input.
So that takes us right to the end of our meeting. So um, thank you again, Sandy, for that question. You'll be the last share for today, and that moves us into the phone number exchange. Um, I'm going to start off with available sponsors, but also want to remind you, of course, that we have the member contact list at www.avision4u.info. Okay, so do I have any available sponsors on the line this morning who can guide a fellow compulsive overeater through the 12 steps? Yes, Michelle. Michelle, okay. And your yep. last initial? It's L, as in love. Okay. Sorry for the background your, noise. Okay. Three of two. I'm in Michelle. Delaware. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Delaware, Eastern mm -hmm. Standard Time. And my um, phone number is 302 476 0982. Okay, let me just repeat that back. I've got Michelle L. is an available sponsor. Phone number is 302-476-0928 from Delaware nope, Eastern nope. Time. Nope. Oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> 0982. 0982 are the last four digits. Yes. Okay, let me say it again. It's 302-476-0982. Okay. That's correct. Correct? Okay, great. Yes. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks so much. All right, thank you. Um, any other available sponsors? Melanie C. here with information for another. Okay, thanks, Melanie. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, a fellow can't be here today, but so excited to be able to sponsor you if you're interested. Her name is Katie G. She's in the Eastern Time Zone. Phone number 41. Three, two, three, seven, five, seven, five, eight. Calls only, please. Do not text. Thanks. Okay, great. Um, thank you. So that was Katie G. Four one three, two three seven, five seven five eight, and she's also Eastern Time and would like you to call only. No text. Um, thanks, Melanie. Okay, any other available sponsors? Sarah S. Sarah S. Okay, Sarah, go right ahead. And I'm in Colorado, and my phone number is 704-564-6010. And um, what time zone is that, Mountain um, time. Sarah? Mountain time. Okay, great. Let me repeat that back. So that was Sarah S. 704-564-6010, and she's in Colorado Mountain Time. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Um, any other available sponsors? Okay. Um, that must be it for this morning. We do have a, a few minutes left. Um, Sandy S., are you still on the line? I wanted to get your um, sure. information. Hi. In case. Yes, please go right ahead. Sandy S., Asheville, at, uh, Eastern Standard Time, 305-439-0413. Okay, great. So that was Sandy S., and her phone number is 305-439-0413. She's in North Carolina Eastern Time, and she had the question about um, continuing a meeting with very low attendance. And um, 
Um, thanks again for that question, Sandy. And again, we have the member contact list at www.avision, the number four, you.info. But is there anyone that's looking for outreach that would like to um, uh, leave their phone number? Yes, I need the phone number of the woman who shared about she runs an intensive book study on Sunday. I'm not sure who that was. Um, let me, t if you'd like to, why don't you leave your phone number, and if that person is on the line or someone is on the line that knows who that is, they could contact you. Okay, thank you. My name is okay? Mar yes, Mar Margo P. Margo P, okay. Florida, my number, 813-381-0190. Okay, great. So that was Margo P eight one three three eight one zero one nine zero in Florida Eastern Time. And again, Margo, you were looking for the someone who said they were in a book in a um, big book study on Sunday. Is that what you said? Well, I guess we lost Margot, but hopefully the rest of you on the line or anyone still on the line understood what who she was looking for. Um, okay. Um, is there anyone um, else I, that I, wanted I to think, leave? Yes, I, I think like it's Marlon G. Hello. Okay, yes. Yes. It's the, the woman who shared uh, the question. She said she had a heavy tone voice. She was an intensive big book study, deep book study on the Sunday something like that. Okay. okay. Okay, great. Okay, thank you. Thanks for that clarity, Margo. Um, did anyone else want to leave their number for outreach before we wrap up? Christy L, Central Standard Time. Okay, Christy L, Central Time. Okay, great. Christy, and your phone number? 331-444-3926. Okay, great. And um, what state are you in, Christy? Iowa. Iowa. Okay, let me repeat that back. So that was Christy L. 331-444-3927, and you were in Iowa um, Central Time. Thank you. Yeah. Um, one last person like to leave their name or number for outreach? Valerie B. Okay, Valerie. And Colleen L. I'll get you in one minute, Colleen, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Valerie, what was your phone number? 240-277-5986. Uh, and I'm in Maryland, Eastern Standard Time. Okay, great. So that was Valerie B. Um, also interested in outreach, 240-277-5987. And she's in Maryland, Eastern Time. And then Colleen, I believe it was Colleen L. H. Oh, Colleen H. I'm sorry about that. Go yes, go right it's ahead. East, Eastern Time two zero one four four six zero zero five three. Okay. And what state is that, Colleen? New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay, great. So that was Colleen H. Two zero one four four six. 0053, and she is New Jersey Eastern Time. 
Um, so again, just to re the reminder that we have the member contact list with, uh, as I heard earlier, over, oh, it sounds like close to 5,000 names on that list. Um, and that's at our website at www.avisionforyou.info. Hello, can you hear so me? Now let's, yes, yes. Oh, yes, I'd like to leave my name and number, please. Okay. Or, okay we'll take, sure. Uh, Diana N as in Nancy. Mm -hmm. My number is 574-326-3242. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, uh, 5025, okay. and that's Eastern in Indiana. Okay, great, Diana. So that was Diana N, 574-326-5025, Indiana, Eastern Time. Um, great, thank you. And, um, and now I want to close, as we always do, with the serenity prayer. So please um, unmute by pressing star 1 and join us if you can. Um, prayer. God, 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 grant me the serenity, grant me the serenity to accept the thing, to accept the thing I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, the things I can. And, wisdom to know the and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you, everyone, for a great meeting. Thank you for the You will now be placed into the conference.
you have been kicked from this conference.